Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Perspective Transformation Radio, changing the world one perspective at a time. I'm your host, Marnie Sleberg, and during this hour, you'll discover the backstories behind some of today's most transformational quotes. Feel free to share these quotes. Go ahead and use them in your articles, blogs, or books. Just give attribution to the author. You can learn more at www.perspectivetransformation.com. Now let's get going. Sherry Poundstone is a conference speaker, co-owner of the Christian Communicators Conference, and author of two Bible studies. She also mentors speakers through her Build Your Platform Mentoring Program. You can learn more about her at womenspeakers.com under Nevada or at www.sherrypoundstone.com. Welcome, Sherry. Thank you, Marnie. This is exciting. I just love being on here, and I thank you for inviting me. Do the right thing for the right reason. I think the right reason is the key right there. I, I believe that we can actually even make a right choice sometimes, but with the wrong motives. And it's one thing that God taught me years and years ago, make sure that the reason you're saying yes to something is for the right reason. So for an example, I think we've all been asked to serve in different ministries and church. And so let's just say there's a ministry need at your church and it's a, it's a dire need. Maybe they're in an emergency and they ask you to serve. And I've been asked to serve in areas where I'm like, oh, this is not my gifting, my calling, but let me do that. That's great. We can do that and serve with our open heart, but we need to check our motive. As I counsel women, I find that sometimes they're overwhelmed with what they said yes to, and the reason they said yes may not be the right reason. Now, let's get real. We're all human, and we've all had maybe wrong motives or incorrect motives for saying yes. In other words, we might be wanting a title. We might be wanting a position. We might be wanting thank you from someone or just recognition. That is not enough in itself. So what I always tell people is, Let's examine why we're saying yes. And if you feel overwhelmed and you said yes too much, go back and look at, okay, well, what did God really call me to do this? Is this my calling? Now, you can step in. You filled a need. You did a great thing. But did you do it for the right reason? If you find yourself in stress about it or frustrated or feeling like, oh, my gosh, I just don't want to do this, check the reason you said yes. The beautiful thing walking with God is that he is this huge safety net for Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You know? mm-hmm. That's right. He's going to cover it. He's going to and he's right. going to teach us lessons through it, and lessons mm-hmm. we'll have to share with somebody else someday. <laughs> so there's always something good that right. out of it. So there's no shame or guilt in it. It's, yep. mm-hmm. it's just a great. It's a great reminder to be checking. Am I saying yes just because I don't want to say no, mm-hmm. or am I saying yes because God's calling me to it? If you are going to rise, you might as well shine. I love the shining part. <laughs> Listen, we don't always want to get up in the morning and shine God's light through us because sometimes we just don't feel like it. But I really believe, and this is actually something that I felt God telling me just a few years ago, that if you're going to get up and you're going to get going and you're going to say that you're doing this work for me, then shine my light because we can do things sometimes um, because it's an obligation. And it, it kind of goes with the thing we were talking about before, check your motive. But if we're going to get up in the morning, and we're going to preach his word or we're going to share with somebody, we're going to serve somewhere, we're going to go to work, whatever it might be, we might as well shine his light in everything we do. Again, that sometimes we have to be conscious of. I think it's really okay to say, hey, I don't do these things naturally. <laughs> sometimes I have to ask God and give him the 
glory when he shines his light to us. Give us opportunities. Lord, show me the opportunity to shine your light. And I really believe that once we get this and once we begin to live it out, it becomes so easy. Yes, of course, it's always Christ's light shining through us. But it becomes so easy because he'll give us opportunities. He'll give us circumstances. He'll put people in front of us that need to see our light, his light shining through us. So if we're going to get up in the morning, if we're going to rise, we may as well shine. I'm thinking, too, about that one. Like, if you aren't shining, if, and not that shining is always smiling or something. Right, 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 right. But if you aren't shining, is it really Christ living through you? Are you really just right now trying to do it yourself? Mm-hmm. To just step back. Yeah. If you have no energy, if you have no passion, if you have no desire to do anything, mm-hmm. is it Christ or is it you being burned out in some way? And That's right. You know, mm-hmm. I, We're all women who can accomplish things, people who can accomplish things on our own if we want. We just decide and do it. But that is exactly right. If we're not shining, if we're not showing Christ to us, then maybe we are trying to pull it off in our own strength, which we can do, but it won't be as fruitful. <laughs> And we'll shine maybe, but not with Jesus' light. That's right. That's exactly right. (laughs) Tie a knot and hang on. You know, tying the knot, you've seen those memes probably where there's a cat and he's hanging on a bar and he's saying tie a knot and hang on. A lot of times dentists used to put those on the ceiling. So when people went back in their chairs, they're like, tie a knot and hang on. In our life, sometimes we can find situations where we really have no choice but just you know, we feel like we're at the end of the rope. And I always say, tie the knot, hang on, but what is the knot? Again, is it us? Uh, we can be in circumstances, financial relationships, all kinds of different things, and we can feel like we're at the end of the rope. Tie that knot and hang on, but don't make that knot our own strength, our own solving the problem. Let that knot be God. And take that um, situation and go to the Lord with it. And he will, you know, he's the knot. He's the thing that's going to hang, you're going to hang on to. I really believe in my life, I've seen lots of situations where I did try to do it in my own strength, like we talked about before, or I just simply thought, well, I just am not a quitter. I'm not going to go anywhere. And so I tie the knot, but the knot is me. When I give it to God, when that knot becomes him, everything changes, the circumstance changes. And even if you're still in the situation, you don't react the same. At least I don't. When God is when God is the knot that I'm hanging on to, and I think it's really important for us to understand that just because it's a knot doesn't make it a bad thing. You know, a lot of people think, oh, a knot, you got to get a knot out. No, sometimes you have to tie that knot because that rope, you're at the end, and you've got to hang on to something, and that should be Jesus. I remember when Twyla Paris's song "Hold On" came out. Mm-hmm. Somebody challenged me. I sang it at church, and somebody challenged me that that wasn't a biblical principle because it's God holding mm-hmm. on to us, not us holding on to God. But there's actually a verse in the Bible that says it's one of the uh, prophets, and he God says uh, he's to say to the people, "As this belt, he ties yep. a belt around himself. As this belt holds mm-hmm. on to me." So I created you, the children of Israel, to hold on to God. Yes, and that is such a biblical principle. Mm-hmm. It's mostly God holding on to us. Mm-hmm. But then okay. there's this part that we have to play. I always say, this is my mm-hmm. part. This is God's part. Yeah, yeah. I do have a part, my little yeah. human part. And mm-hmm. my part is to trust God, to hold on to God, to That's choose right. God. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. Right. Tie, a knot. Tie a knot and hang on. Mm-hmm. 
Know the word, live the word. <laughs> Sherry, this is like, this has got to be like your theme, right? It is. It is. I have all kinds of names for it, other phrases like walk your talk, walk the talk. The truth is we have to know the word to live it out. And this is what I always tell people. This is something that God gave me a long time ago. It is great to be in Bible study. It is great to be in church. It's great to watch sermons, to listen to sermons to even study on your own. But if we take that word and we don't walk it out, if we don't live it, then it's something James tells us that, that it's better to be doers of the word than just hearers. And that's a little bit of a paraphrase, but (laughs) that's what he tells us. And there is something that is so powerful about this because when we begin to actually live it out and test it out, and I can remember many years ago when I came back to Christ, I began to step out with okay, well, maybe this really will work if I try this in my life in a difficult relationship or a difficult situation. So we need to know the word, absolutely. But I have honestly heard a lot of people quote scripture that are not walking it out and they're not displaying it in their lives. You know, it just happens. I've probably even done the same thing myself. So, we, you know, it's no condemnation. But we need to know the word, yes, but we have to live it out. But we have to know the word to live it out. So we need to be in the word, we need to be saying, it, yes, this is my favorite part. You know, this is, I always say that my uh, calling that God has given me for speaking and for teaching is to help people with practical application of the word. Because again, it's great to know it, but how do we actually apply it in our life? When we run into that difficult situation, how do we actually live it out? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And this coming from a pastor's wife, right? So. <laughs> <laughs> Very important here. <laughs> walk your talk Mm -hmm. it's the same thing really walk your talk is the same thing as living out the word but when we talk this is another thing we need to know the word to live the word but when we talk a, a good story so to speak when we talk and say this is who I am I am a Christ follower we have to walk that out because people are watching the world is watching The world is seeking, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it sounds like on the news and in our culture today, people are looking for the answer, but they don't want to hear it necessarily. They want to see it. So let's live that out in front of them. And non-believers, people who are just doubting or questioning or even the out and out atheists, what they're looking for when they watch us is, okay, Sherry, you say that you're a Christ follower. You say that you're this. How do you walk it out in your life? Now that's not, I'm not perfect. So I have my moments. Um, but what I what I have learned to do is when I realize that I am not walking my talk, that in some situation I didn't, you know, maybe do the way I should have done or the way I knew to do or the way I knew God wanted me to do, then I just simply repent, ask forgiveness, and move on. So you don't stay in it. But we have to walk it out. People are watching. Not only non-believers in the world, but other Christians are watching us to see does she really walk what she talks. Yeah, and I mean, the balancing act there is that God is looking Mm -hmm. at our hearts. Like you said at the beginning, back to the motive. I can can look a good look, uh, but Mm -hmm. if God isn't directing me. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is sometimes what we're doing doesn't really look great to other people. It's not what they would have wanted us to do or whatever. Mm -hmm. But if God's pleased with us, we are walking the talk. The talk is, I trust you, living for an audience of one, you're just me. So it's all... It's all kind of interwoven and a beautiful journey. Mm-hmm. It is. And it is the basis for my particular ministry. Yeah. You know, from day one, God was, okay, Sherry, this is what you need to work on. 
therefore, that's what I want you to teach us. It all intertwines. How many of our speakers at womenspeakers.com are sharing the story of how God took them through that's a right. situation and they mm -hmm. walked with him by faith and it didn't look great when they were in it, but he was always with that's them right. and he brought right. the glory out at the end of it. You know, then mm -hmm. you see like the Bible's like that. We always walk mm -hmm. through the Bible and we don't have to live through it. We can read through it that's and right. See right away, you know, within two chapters or five chapters of what God's been doing there. That's so that's cool. right. Love always wins. This is something that I believe, of course, to the depth of my soul, that this is true. But what I found is um, uh, people are not believing this and living this out. Now, the way love is always going to win is always working from the place of love. You know, and the word tells us God is love and we are to love one another. And all of that makes a lot of sense intellectually to us, I think. But sometimes it is hard to live that out. And I've had people say, well, that isn't true. All you have to do is look at this situation. They didn't win. They didn't love. And they did win, whatever it might be. What it really means, I think, um, and this is, again, we can only do this through Christ because we're just not created to, um, we're not Jesus, we're not perfect. And it means to look at every situation through the eyes of love. It means working so hard, and yes, it's an effort. Yes, we have to put out effort to love in any situation. Now, that doesn't mean that you agree with everything another person says or a situation. And here's what's interesting to me now. If you look at social media, and our culture, it seems to be a prevailing thought that we cannot be in disagreement and still love, but that is not true. We don't have to agree on everything. We can still act and live from love. Guess what? We can actually love and not agree on anything. <laughs> it, it really is true, but it doesn't mean you're going to probably be best friends with that person, but it still means that you walk through your conversations, are based in love, um, it, it's interesting in families because in families we see a lot of differences, right? Everybody's different. Everybody's got their own personality, even if you're raised in the same household. And so you may not agree on everything politically, socially, whatever it might even be. Um, but we can still work from love. And sometimes um, in a relationship, love always wins because you don't say anything. <laughs> sometimes God will just tell you, you know, the Holy Spirit will say, back off. Just, you know, our time, sometimes he'll tell you to say something. So I think it's an interesting concept. I think it's truth. I believe in it, and I want to live it every day, but I find that it's something that people will actually argue with sometimes because the world doesn't know. But Christ's love always wins, and that's where we're coming from as Christ followers. Thank you so much for joining yeah. us today. Thank you for Thank your you. life and your ministry and for a decade or longer of uh, <laughs> us over at womenspeakers.com. So I love having you there. All right. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity. If you want to learn more about Sherry and her ministry, visit SherryPoundstone.com or WomenSpeakers.com and click on Nevada. You'll find her right there. Welcome back. We're here today with Carol Brewer from Fair Oaks, California. Welcome to Carol. Thank you. It's great to be with you, Marnie. I'm so blessed. I love your heart. Love your ministry. Music is the breeze on which the gospel can soar. Music, um, and I've really been able to see it there where a spoken word, people will pass by and not pay attention. But if it's really on beautiful sounds and that same message is being sung 
or you know even played with an instrument uh, that message to support it it's so gorgeous and it, it attracts it's very attractive and so it's definitely from the lord you know and and i just love singing god's word on uh, on beautiful melodies and that's been one of my joys is to set a lot of scriptures to melodies and yes. singable <laughs> yeah, you've done a lot of work with us. You've been a, a, a vocal trainer and have worked with groups and um, a different organizations. I love in your book, you tell fun stories about that. And uh, you, you have, you know, one of the things that I think about with music is that it taps into the other side of our brain. Words are tapping yeah. into one side and music is tapping into the other side. And right. I, believe, I honestly believe that that's why at church we have worship music first. And that happens all over the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Wherever you are. It's the worship music first, and then comes the sword. It's like you know, in the Old Testament, right? The singers well, way back in the Old Testament. You know, the Levites marched right in yes. first and did the music and played um, to lead the army. And so that's what we're doing now. You know, just it prepares us. It prepares. It calms us. It gives us peace that passes all understanding. It brings us into the presence of the Lord. And then we're able, the heart is made more pliable and we're able to, you know, let God's word soak in. Yep, absolutely. And it's even, uh, I was thinking as you were saying that that the Bible talks about the sword of the Lord, you know, being the word and that that it it divides uh, between the joints and the marrow. And you think about going into surgery and how you get anesthesia first so you can relax and be all still and calm. There you go. Yes, yes. It's it's even, it's a lot better than anesthesia. (laughs) Music is the breeze on which the gospel can soar. God gives us second chances over and over again. Uh, and a second chance wouldn't be enough for me. I need a lot of them. Actually, every day. You know, I really blow it every day. I have what you call DRAs. You know what those are, Marnie. Yeah, the dirty, rotten attitudes. <laughs> I have them. I have them every day. It's a battle, isn't it? I mean, it's just the me versus the good me when the Holy Spirit's in my heart and in my mind and, and operating in my life. But but when I, uh, you know, don't allow him to work through me, I'm just me, and I have that other side of me, that's for sure. That's been nurtured from childhood before I came to know the Lord, and and so it's there. And so I'm so grateful when God says, you know, come on back, Carol, let's do it again. He gives me another chance. He says, let's, you know, I'm here for you. Let's try again. Let's do it. And and he, he does. And I can empty myself of me and be filled with him again. And then I have, again, his peace. And I'm so grateful for his provision. I'm so glad he doesn't give up after two times. I'm grateful. Oh my so goodness. For sure. And, you know, he, yeah. is, he, is the, he is our motivation and source for being able to forgive other people over and over and over and over. Over that too. Absolutely. Yeah. That forgiveness. Absolutely. The second that. chance over and over. Yes. Yes. And that's he a, encourages us to employ it. <laughs> yes, he does. And it's a good, uh, you know, when, when we're praying and when we're in his presence, he will do that prompt. Like, you know, that's all fine, Carol, but um, you do have a little something hanging over right now, don't you? I think you need to deal with that and and resolve that um, unforgiveness with a certain person, and then we can move on. So, yes, God does that for us. Hydrate your passion with living water. The woman at the well, Jesus was telling her about the living water. And she, you know, she's looking at sort of the uh, physical aspect of it, like, oh, is this 
good is this super smart water does it have you know extra um electrolytes in it is i mean what kind of water is this, this is great sounds good but of course he's talking about just the spiritual aspect the eternal aspect the living water i am the living water and we need that hydration you know i dry up like a prune don't we we, we just you know we if, when we're dealing with such difficulties and trials and frustrations and troubles and all of that, we can just dry up. And then that living water hydrates our spirit and, and it refreshes and renews. And, and that's his promise for us. It's through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the living water. I like the word passion in there too, because sometimes we think that if we're living in our passion, if we're doing what we're created to do, we won't feel dehydrated. We won't feel that, but we will. Um, mm-hmm. it's not about, it's not about the passion. It's about where the source of the energy for the passion is coming from. And right. Exactly. Yes. We could have a passion for a lot of things and may, they may not be at all in line with God's purpose right. and, and, uh, leading in our lives. That's for sure. And we may have a passion for something that God has given us a passion for and right. still be without energy because we're not looking to him to be the source of where we get that That's energy. True. A lot of times we make it into the mini God instead of right oh oh yes okay and by the way (laughs) by the way god this is my agenda but uh you know and you can come along on that that's not his uh plan for us short stands for so happy our redeemer triumph okay so how come short Oh, well, because I'm 5'2", I'm vertically challenged, and you know, when I go to uh, shop in uh, a store, you know, the reason they call it the petite department, it's because the place is so puny. I mean, it's way over in the corner, hidden. You have to ask the uh, salesperson, where is the petite department, you know, and and it's hard to find things. So I'm short. I deal with that. Um, If you're a Mrs. Size, just praise God, you know, because you have so many more options for what you could wear. But, you know, um, Jesus also talks about, you know, short Zacchaeus in the Bible and, and um, you know, that and, and Zacchaeus gave his heart to the Lord. I mean, I, and it's beautiful. He says, you know, this day I, I give all my, everything, all my goods to you and everything that I owe so many times over. And it's a beautiful story of how he felt such love from the Lord and he turned his life around. And and so that's a triumphant story. And even though we're someone like me is vertically challenged, you know, I can depend on Jesus, the strong tower. He's mighty and strong and, and he's my strength. So that's why I say for short, so happy our Redeemer triumphs. That's awesome. And I like how you I like how you play whenever you see a weakness in yourself or like just a difference, like you're short or whatever, it's not a weakness. It's just how you are, but you always play with it. You always make it so fun. <laughs> oh, well, you know, and that, and when I do a women's event, it's really fun to see who the other vertically challenged women yeah. in the room are too. And that's a good deal. Well, you know, we, we have that, that kindred spirit. So you're short soulmates. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Yes. Depends on the, the height of the heels, too, you know, as far as well, homemakers. <laughs> Life trials can be cultivators for the heart. One of the gardening tools, or even in agriculture, is this claw. You know, and it, it's, and, and a lot of people think, what is that? It's the claw. They don't know. It's, it's that thing that grabs the hard soil and just rips through it because otherwise it would be really crusty. And so farmers 
Um, I'm a gardener. I need to do that too when something's crested over. And and a heart is like that. And and with dip, life's difficulties, our heart can get really crusty. And so those those difficulties that we have can be if we allow God to use them. You know, He doesn't really cause these things. He's not causing them. He's not zapping us. He's not doing this to be, you know, like, okay, you're going to have this in your life. You're going to have an illness. You're going to have, no, that's not from the Lord, but he does allow it because then we have a choice. Can we use it for good? You know, can we use that for God's intention to see how our heart could be more pliable? So that claw that goes through the soil makes it pliable. And that, as Jesus tells us in Luke 8, is where the seeds can be planted. You know, they won't get in the rocky soil and the thorns and they won't be on the side of the road and they won't get parched. They'll be down in the soil and of course watered by Jesus, the living water. So those seeds of faith are from his word and from, you know, God's word. And we can plant that in our heart when it's softened and cultivated when we let the Holy Spirit do that. Then the seeds of his truth can be planted in our hearts and then we can apply those truths to our lives and our lives are completely changed. Yeah. So that's why it's so important to recognize that we can get, you know, and it's the light at the end of the tunnel. Every time we go through a difficult, difficult situation and we just think it's hopeless, we see how the Lord brought us through and we can look behind and go, we, we made it. We made it. Okay. Here's another one. Well, God got me through the last one, so he's going to get me through this one, too. And every time, every time we have that hope, I know he's going to get me through again because he's true to his promises and I trust him. God gives us power to do things that we think we can't. That's just about everything, really, isn't it? I mean, even if we're in the kitchen cooking something like, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I can have company over. I'm just not that great of a cook. Or I can't host that table at the women's luncheon at my church because my dishes aren't as pretty as somebody else's. You know, maybe just something like that. Or I certainly can't sing that song in front of anybody. I would be petrified. You know, all of those things. But when we empty ourselves of us and we are filled with, the all power, almighty of God. He is the creator of the universe. You don't think he can do something through us if he, if he puts that little desire in our hearts? Yes, he can. And so we just step out, um, even with um, social media and all the technology that I'm dealing with now. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, how am I, how am I going to do this? And then I have Marty Swedberg to help me, of course. And you're, a, you're a wonderful help. But it is through God's power and Holy Spirit that encourages me and says, yes, you can just keep trying. And we apply that to anything we're doing, taking care of a loved one um, who's ill, whatever it is, whatever life brings us. If God lays it on our heart, he can do it. He can do it through us. And we just depend on him. I have some of those too. Frequently I have where God throws me in the deep end of the pool and I know that I can't do it without him. But more frequently, honestly, I'm on the other side, like, I'm on the side where I can do it, but I realize that if I do it alone without Jesus, it's just as good as I can do it right here, right now, and then it's over. Whereas if I let him do it through me, then it has eternal value. And so either which way um, God gives us the power, are we going to take it? And I love that deep end of the pool because I'm a swimmer. So, you know, it's either with Jesus, it's either 
uh, sink or swim, and he's and I much prefer swimming with him yeah. <laughs> than sinking. Sinking, absolutely. Yes. Jesus heals spiritual blind spots and out of focus thinking. I'm legally blind in my left eye. And uh, I was cross-eyed, had my eyes straightened through surgery when I was nine, and then and then uh, left eye nine, and then the right eye was straightened when I was 11. And then that was to go in sync with the left. Now, my husband says I'm still out of sync, but at least my eyes are straight. <laughs> so, you know, even though my eyes are straight on the outside, my heart wasn't on the inside. And so I still had spiritual blind spots. Even though I have physical ones, I had the, the spiritual ones where I couldn't see everything. I'd hear I'd hear the word of God. Uh, someone would say something, but it it wasn't, my heart wasn't cultivated. It wasn't letting it in. And so that's why, and, and fuzzy out of focus. Well, I'm really grateful that I have contact lenses. I'm grateful that I have, um, you know, readers to help me, uh, you know, all kinds of helps that we have so we can see better. And that's what God's word, you know, gives us that. He gives us, uh, he repairs our focus. Hmm. He gives us the um, the power that we need to see clearly, to see, you know, and someday it's going to be 2020 when we get to heaven. Won't that be amazing? It really will be amazing. And it will be able mm-hmm. yeah, to understand everything we couldn't understand now will make sense when we're there. Carol, thank you so much for joining me. Oh, my blessing. Great to be with you, Marnie. Thanks so much. Love your heart and your ministry. And you guys, you can learn more about Carol if you go to womenspeakers.com, click on California, you're going to find her there. And that's her website, carolbrewer.com. I'd like to welcome Shanna Strange from Longview, Texas. And you are one of our featured speakers. Welcome to Shanna. Thank you. Excited to have you here and to pick your brain. Yeah. You got a new book coming out pretty soon here. That's right. Exciting. Uh, Providence yeah. is the name of the book, and I can't believe it. I that is one of my favorite names for God. Mm-hmm. I love to think of God as the one who has gone ahead and prepared the way for me. I just love Providence. What is the subtitle again? Embrace your beautiful destiny. It's yes. so scary to go forward with God because we don't know what's coming. <laughs> yeah, parts of it don't feel beautiful, but they actually end up becoming beautiful because God makes all things new and beautiful. I don't know how, but he does. So it's kind of about that whole journey of um, your life having a, a destination that is beautiful, it, particularly with dreams that we have and um how we go through a process of God just rebuilding, you know, refining our character and getting us ready for the dream that he has for us. Yeah. Wow. I can't wait. That's really exciting. And congratulations on that. God is in the details. God is in the details for sure. I, I think that, you know, we go through seasons where it feels like God is absent from our life, but I've learned in those seasons that, even the things that, that feel like he didn't orchestrate, he actually did. Um, and so that's taught me how to have hope and how to have faith that he's just so involved in every aspect of our life. I can't believe how much he's in the details. I think mm-hmm. that that's where maybe when he's going to hug me specifically, something that maybe only I would appreciate, you know? Yes, <laughs> yes. I can't believe 
the way that he knows exactly what will thrill me and that he will just orchestrate some small thing or even big thing. But a lot of times it's a small thing that just takes my breath away. I yeah. know that he's really, really deeply involved. Exactly. I, I got that message. It was actually taken from um, a teaching that I did on the book of Esther. And what I realized is because if you look at the whole book of Esther, God's name is never mentioned, but yet you see him in the details. And so it's like his fingerprint is on that situation, how he saved that entire nation through her, through her and Mordecai. But he does the same thing with us that are his fingerprints on the things that we go through. It just doesn't always say this was God, you know. <laughs> Ta-da. Yeah, yeah, I did this or I was allowed this or whatever. Right. And I, I like to look at flowers and sunsets and just think, mm. how extravagant is that? Like when I look at a flower and it's got millions of little parts to it. I mean, you look at, you can't even visually, you cannot possibly dissect what you're looking at. And together, it's so beautiful and amazing. All that detail. And then, you know, he strung together our 3 billion base pair of DNA. Right. <laughs> like, wow. yeah. Mind-blowing. Detail God. Love that God. Love the detail. Worship while you wait. This has been one of the most amazing uh, lessons I think I have learned from the Lord. This is actually a chapter from my book. It's, it's probably the longest chapter in the book because I had these seasons where I felt trapped and what I was having to learn was what worship really was and what it wasn't. Because the truth is, I don't personally think anyone can fully embrace worship and understand what it is unless you go through a season where um, everything you had just kind of has been destroyed or has just nothing is making sense to you. And so all you have left is to completely just pour yourself out to God. I think that is part of our DNA as Christians, that that was that proves that we are His children when we can worship Him when nothing makes sense. And there's these amazing revelations that come from that those seasons. <laughs> I like that verse about um, offering up the sacrifice of praise, mm-hmm. and I think that's that's what happens in those seasons where the worship um, you don't feel like it because you can't actually see. God at work you actually can't feel him you can't see him mm. and you just say I choose to worship you in fact there was a day there was a day I was uh, on the way to the beach because they had called and my son had sand kicked into his eyes mm. and they had been trying to clean it out and they couldn't make progress they were just struggling and so I was on my way and I was overwhelmed with anxiety about my son's eyes mm-hmm. and on on the way God just poured into me a little song that goes in this moment I choose to praise you in this moment I trust you to be true you are God almighty sovereign lord and king Mm -hmm. to my troubled heart your peace I know you'll bring and so when we are in those moments it is in the waiting when we don't yet know and fortunately my son's eyes Mm -hmm. are just fine right in those moments when you're waiting and you don't know that is truly like you said that is where worship is forged deeply into our souls and where we really find the grace of God so powerful. Right. And that's actually what happened with this is I had a song that I wrote first because I was in that season. And from that song came a book 
because it was such a profound revelation of wow. um, seeing God. Like sometimes you have to go through horrible things so that you can have a revelation of him that you never would have gotten. You have these confining seasons where, you know, like Paul and Silas being in jail and Paul being in prison and writing, you know, most of the New Testament, John on the island of Patmos writing the book of Revelation. Like they saw those things because they were in a season where they were so confined and all they had was their worship. And so it's really a gift, you know, is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) It's exciting. Step beyond the fear. Stepping beyond the fear is a, a fun lesson that I've walked through several times. I think I have a propensity to be afraid anyway. Uh, you know, your personality can just be wired that way. But the Lord has had me do things that I did not want to do. Um, the most recent thing was last year. I had been in a really good career, banking career. I had been kind of in and out of it for about 12 years. And the Lord just would not leave me alone because I was miserable. The truth is I was miserable and I, I wanted to do what I'm doing now. I wanted to speak. I wanted to continue writing and singing. And so I had to leave that job with no safety net mm-hmm. um, and to just trust him. So it's been about a, a little over a year. I mean, we've been fine, but it was just stepping beyond not knowing. It's, it's just faith is what it is. It's just pure faith. Fear. I, I'm like you. I'm fear based. So if Mm -hmm. you were to take Winnie the Pooh and all the characters and who do you most relate to, people would usually guess Tigger for me. But honestly, (laughs) it's Piglet. (laughs) Nice. I am always afraid about everything. (laughs) So it takes a lot of courage for me to, you know, run up to the giant. You know, Mm -hmm. we just talked about this last night at church. Run up to the lion and grab the, grab the, yeah out of his mouth and then kill him <laughs> right but you know you say your your quote actually is step beyond yes because it doesn't that. go away you 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 literally you can wait all day to feel courage or you can just say I'm just gonna step and when go. you do I think that's when God said okay now I'm here I'm gonna help you but it's that faith to even take the step you know for sure and I think about when when my kids were growing up and I, we were homeschooling and I really understood better the process, you know, what was really hard in kindergarten is not hard in fourth grade. What was really hard in third grade is not hard in eighth grade, but it keeps going on and you keep mm-hmm. having more situations where God is saying, okay, now we're going to go deeper. Now we're going to go farther. Now we're going to take on a bigger giant and one you haven't seen before. And so it's always this continual growth process. And right. it's that stepping out both in the fear where you're going, I I know it's here, and then beyond that fear into the freedom and into the, the yeah. free that God has already won for us. Mm. Beautiful. Breakthrough is on the other side of uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is has been fun for me for sure. Uh I think this is kind of a tag on the last quote. What I realized is misery can be God's greatest gift to you because misery will push you beyond what you're comfortable to do. So for me, that has looked like, okay, you hate your job. You're miserable in this career. How long is it going to take before you step out? (laughs) 
so that has been the case in lots of seasons of my life where I feel like God has said, you know, take the dream and run, but I would just wait and, and I would have to get almost miserable enough to step out. Hmm. Hmm. So the quote is breakthrough is on the other side of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So you go through uncomfortable and then you take a step and it leads you somewhere different. Yes, because you get out of your comfort zone and you're like, oh, wow, I had no idea Got it. this was even here. So this quote uh, will remind me of something that someone, because last year I had a bunch of people praying for me. I'm like, I'm so miserable. I need to step out, but I don't want to be uncomfortable or whatever. And so one of my friends said, we were praying and he said, you know, I see you and you're standing in this dry, dead patch of grass. But outside this, this small little area we're standing is all this beautiful green grass. And that if you'll just step into the green grass, you'll realize there's so much life. And I think that's what it is, is we get so comfortable in the deadness because that's, that's just what we think it is for us. But beyond that is the beauty and the life if we would just step beyond, you know, the fear of it. Wow. That's really cool. <laughs> Embrace your beautiful destiny. Well, that's something we have to learn to do that I don't think, because parts of the destiny are not going to feel beautiful. And but parts of them on the surface are beautiful. It, I, I kind of derived a lot of the book. The first chapter is called Poema, which is, this is taken from that um, verse in Ephesians chapter 2, 10, that says we are God's masterpiece. That word actually says we are his poema, which means we actually get our, our English word poem from this. So parts of our destiny don't feel beautiful. They don't feel like poema. But if you've ever read a really good poem or piece of literature, you know what makes something beautiful is the contrast between the dark and the light. The, the parts that feel unsure and unsafe and unbeautiful, for lack of better words, actually bring the contrast to what is beautiful in the end. So it's like God taking the, the, um, the parts of our life that feel broken and, you know, not what we thought they would be and the disappointments and taking them and making them into something beautiful, making them poema. So that's embracing all of it. That's so cool. And I'm so excited for your book, Providence. <laughs> yes. It is Providence not coincidence so many times we go through things and we think that it's it's coincidence but a a person who walks with god long enough and don't even have to walk with them long to realize that absolutely everything that happens to us is not coincidence that's what the world teaches but we know that god has ordained all all of our steps and everything we do has been filtered by him my mom, my mom used to tease about her her friends from work. Mm-hmm. They would say, "I don't know what I think about prayer and God and all that, but you sure do have a lot of good coincidences in your life." <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, "Yes, <laughs> that's true." But it's really fun when you start to um, when you start to really look for them and watch yes. them and give God credit for them, which is actually where the faith is super grown in those moments mm-hmm. where we start recognizing, oh, this didn't just happen to me. This wasn't an accident or I'm not an accident. You know, all of the right. beautiful design. Right. This is how we overcome. 
Yes, we overcome because uh, we know Jesus and he has overcome the world. By the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, we overcome because <clears throat> we realize how to fight. We realize that fighting is not uh, fighting against and warring against flesh and blood, but actually seeing it in the spiritual for what it really is and learning how to intercede and learning how to pray and learning how to do that from a place of victory and not a place of defeat or being overwhelmed. And I think that I've had to learn um, because I dealt with shame a lot. I dealt with insecurity and those kind of things and realizing that those, those were actually spiritual battles that I was trying to fight in the flesh, if that makes sense. So I had to learn how to know who my identity was in Christ, but then also learn how to war in the spirit for that, if that makes sense at all. It does, absolutely. <laughs> the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony, being, yes. being willing to say, this is who I am in Christ. This is what you say about me, and this is the truth, and I'm going to yes. stand here and own this. Oh, so beautiful. Thank you for joining us. Yes, thanks for having me. It was a blessing. Yeah, and you guys can learn more about Shanna over at womenspeakers.com. If you click on Texas, she'll show up right away there. Otherwise, over at her own website is shannastrange.com. Hailing from Connorsville, Indiana, our final guest today is Gwen Pugh. She's a pastor, professional speaker, and published author. She has a heart for women's ministry, and she loves sharing how God has worked in her life. You can learn more about Gwen at womenspeakers.com. Just click on Indiana, and you'll see her right there. Welcome, Gwen. Well, I'm excited. Thank you for having me. God loves showing up in a big way. Oh, I got to share this with you. This is just awesome. <laughs> and, and he shows up in the little ways, too. I want everyone to know that. But for me, I had a recent experience. After um, I got my divorce, I needed a full-time appointment, and the church was gracious enough to find me one. It was three hours away from my son and granddaughters um, in the middle of Amish country, which Amish country is beautiful, but I couldn't even get a pizza delivered. I'm a city girl. Um, and, um, for three years I struggled. I love the people there down South. I pastored Cornishville United Methodist Church and Frady Memorial, um, United Methodist. And they were a gift to me. God knew that they knew how to minister to someone going through trials. But for three years I struggled and I was even considering leaving the ministry. And I, I mm. talked to God, I fought with him, <laughs> you know, God can handle us when we are angry or upset, right? Um, but I took a walk one day and I went out by the lakes at this park, beautiful park. And finally I said, well, God, whatever you want for me, whether it's to stay, whether it's to be moved or whether it's to leave the ministry, I will do whatever you want me to do. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. That afternoon, I got a phone call saying that I was being transferred to Connersville, Indiana, a half hour away from my son and granddaughters. But wait, there's more. The church that I got transferred to in 2006, I was, or before that, I was uh, meeting with a mentor to decide whether to become a pastor. And while I was there, I thought, boy, this church would be a nice church to pastor one day. Oh. Out of all the churches in Indiana, he yeah. sent me to the church that I was mentored by, oh. and I got to sit at the desk where my mentor sat. And isn't that awesome? Mm -hmm. I, and, and then I needed a recliner and I didn't, I couldn't afford it. You know, 
And so uh, I've been talking to a friend and that afternoon I got an email from the pastor that was leaving and saying, hey, do you need a new re a recliner because we can't take it with us? And it was a leather recliner. And so I said, wow, God gave me a recliner, but even more so, more than what I could have ever afforded, he gave me a leather one. <laughs> I was just like, God likes to show up, but it comes with us surrendering. Right. And it didn't happen all in the first day. No. You right. had to walk through three all, years. Yeah. Yes. And all the years. questions and, you yes. know, should I even be here? Should I be doing yes. this? It's such a common journey. It's it's unique to you how it, you know, your story yes. goes, but it's common to all of us that we, you know, start down a path following God. And then we get to a certain point. We're like, are we even, am I even on the right track? Am I even with the right God? You know, I'm so glad <laughs> to hear you say that. Cause sometimes you think you're the only no, one no, thinking no. that, right? <laughs> no, so. in fact, I think it's a really critical part of the faith journey yeah. that we get to that point where we start actually questioning, you know, is this real? God, are you yeah. real? Am I really yours? Are you really leading me? Is this really in your plan for me? I can Absolutely. only imagine what Joseph went through in prison for 10 years. Like, what am I doing here? Exactly. You know, I only went through three years. Of exactly. And it wasn't prison, <laughs> right? No, it yes. wasn't prison. And it wasn't prison. <laughs> I was blessed. You know, and I guess for you guys listening to any time that you're walking through a dark place and you're like, I just don't even know what's going on here. It's back to that piece of perseverance again, isn't it? Yeah, where it is. Just hang, hang in there with Jesus. Keep looking to him. And of course, you know, I always say that the path to success, we always want it to be just a straight line. And instead it's just squiggles. <laughs> yes. I love that picture. Yeah, yeah, I don't <laughs> say that. Yeah. yeah. But it's like God is leading and directing and guiding all the way in order to accomplish his purposes as well as to get us where he needs us to be on the Perseverance is a gift from God. Perseverance is through my life, there have been trials and there have been tribulations, but most importantly, in those hard times, the perseverance God gives you makes you stronger, places people in your life that need to be there exactly when they need to be there. He gives you the ability to share the good news, even if your heart is breaking. And so perseverance builds character. My uh, desire is to have a character of Jesus Christ living within me in order to share hope and healing with others. It's a really yeah. fun perspective to view perseverance as a gift. Yes. It is because we have choices. We can choose to live in misery and feel sorry for ourselves. Of course, we do that. I do that. I've had those days. But what it really comes down to is the journey, the journey that God has us upon and knowing that we don't go that journey alone, that he walks with us and that Jesus goes before, above, below, beside, yeah. behind, and even carries us when we are not able to put one more steps forward. And for me, the perseverance I learned when nothing else was left, when my marriage fell apart, God was there. Only through the perseverance and the power of God um, and his love, mercy, and grace that we were able to, to continue. And so I give him all the glory. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Marty. I appreciate it, honey. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Perspective Transformation Radio, changing the world one perspective at a time. Learn more about today's guests at www.perspectivetransformation.com 
more about our sponsor at womenspeakers.com and swing over and visit me at marnie.com. Feel free to share this program with your friends and social networks and listen live every Wednesday afternoon or catch the archives at Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite site. Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you next time.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.